Hello there, and welcome to Unstoppable Rise, a resource that helps motivated individuals take advantage of this vast world we live in while simultaneously avoiding its many, many pitfalls using a combination of old school wisdom and new breed tactics to achieve these ends. My name is Sim, and today we're going to be talking about minimalism and why I think it is an essential portion and part of the modern lifestyle and why you need it to live a wholesome and fulfilling life in this modern world. So, so with that, let's just go. So like I said in the intro, this episode is going to be talking about minimalism and why I believe it is a strong choice for anyone, especially for men who want to live a more controlled but paradoxically more expansive life. And minimalism is very interesting because when you think about minimalism, you think of restriction, but I always like looking at the deeper etymology behind words. I think something like the definition of minimalism is very deep and it offers a lot of context to what it is and what it does. So one of the definitions of minimalism or minimalist, I got this from vocabulary.com, it said When you call a person a minimalist, you're describing their interest in keeping things very simple. A minimalist prefers the minimal amount or degree of something. So the definition of a minimalist is noun, a conservative who only advocates only minor forms in government or politics, so a conservative, or a practitioner or advocate of artistic minimalism or of relating to minimalism. So minimalism is obviously keeping things simple. That's pretty, pretty simple. And the synonyms are moderate, essential, stark, unadulterated, like I said, conservative, and Spartan. So those are interesting choice of words. And the commonality I found between all of these words is another word, which is decisiveness. And if you don't know the word decisiveness, uh, here's the definition of that word. So decisiveness is a trait of resoluteness as evidenced by firmness of character or purpose. Used in a sentence, a man of unusual decisiveness. The quality of being final or definitely settled. And the synonyms for that word are firmness, resolution, conclusiveness, groundedness, finality. And I think looking at the opposites of words is very interesting as well, because that can also give you a clue about what those words are about. So the antonyms of decisiveness are wishy-washy, unwillingness, aversion, doubt, hesitation. So from this definition, I hope you can see where this whole concept of minimalism is going. As a human being, and especially as a man, it is very important to have a very clear-cut direction of your destination, and that requires decisiveness. Being decisive cuts down on wasted time and frees up the space for more life in the areas that really matter to you. And that's where minimalism comes in. Minimalism is a decisive way of living that clears out the fog of ambiguity and confusion and pretty much just replaces it with some sort of clear-eyed perspective Uh, some elevated perspective of firm understanding. And I believe minimalism is ultimately a mindset, not a title. So it's not about how many things you do or don't own. It's about how you approach the world. So why minimalism and why now? 
So I believe that today we are still dealing with the consequences of post-World War II America. And I know that was a long time ago, but, you know, that event had ripple effects that affect us and the world today still. Um, So after World War II, you know, the world was a pretty shattered place and America was left pretty much standing strong as the lone superpower and everyone else was pretty much picking picking out their family scrapbook out of the rubble of their homes while American industry and American economy was just roaring. That meant pretty much an unprecedented level of domestic wealth and stability for the average American household. And after world after a world war and after going to fight in a foreign country for a while, you just pretty much feel entitled to the good things in life. So um, this value of American prosperity was pretty much just like pumped through every TV and radio set in the country because that was the means of communication with ads and more ads and more ads. So this in general just became a way of life and a default way of living because it's better than the alternative (laughs) of just living a brute existence and just uh, really, really, uh, really hashing it out. So that was a better alternative. And, you know, before World War II, and especially before World War I and the Industrial Revolution, most Americans lived relatively minimal lives in terms of their possessions. They pretty much made their own food, and they killed their own food. They made their own clothes, which is crazy. And they pretty much essentially created their own supplies for living. So they pretty much took what they needed and nothing else. Because, I mean, when you're one person, you can only do so much in a day, and you have other things to do, so you just use what you need and not anymore. And in fact, yeah, that was the default, because you are only one person, and you you just can't do what a machine does. And if you look at people from back then, um, if you look at pictures from people back then, it's like a 180. A lot of these people are like very hard people. Like they're very, you just look at them. They're very, very, very tough people. Even, even the woman, you know, they're just very, uh, very, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call them stoic, but I, I guess you could use the word Spartan. Like they're very, um, salt of the earth people. Like for example, my uh my mom, she talks about my her her grandmother a lot. And her grandmother was born in 1900. So a time from a long time ago and she was born in a different country, but people from just that era, it's just they just had a hardness to them that you shouldn't really have as a human being. And I'd call it a survival hardness. So they pretty much just had the mentality of survival. And I think some of that is good. And I do think some of that or a lot of that is lacking in a lot of people today. And they'd be better off with that survival hardness. But I digress. And um, to pick back up, the Industrial Revolution um, pretty much made it so that People don't have to live like this. People don't have to live this stoic hardness, um, this Spartan hardness. 
And the Industrial Revolution made it so that like a machine could pump out 10 shirts in an hour compared to someone like you just training out one in it like a day. And this created economics of scale, which was pretty much the birth of American consumerism. So after World War II, America just had unequal access to any place in the world where it wanted to spread its values, which it did uh, with thir- thoroughly and which it did with uh, pretty much impunity. And in fact, many countries wanted to be America, so they just adopted American values and ways of life and ways of talking and ways of living, chiefly among these, which was consumerism. And I just want to make this clear. The default is consumerism. If you live in the Western world, and especially America, or Anywhere in the world that has been transformed by Western mentality, the default is consumerism. That's that's just what it is. You know, our world has just been flooded with so much abundance that the default mindset is just to consume because it's like an unlimited supply. And you yourself have been socialized from a young age by family, by friends, by authority figures, television, cultural values, peers, etc., etc., authority figures to take as much as you can and contribute as little as possible. So you're taking the most for the least. And if you get the mentality of, or if you hear of the mentality of, hey man, that's not my job, I don't get paid for that, that's pretty much where that's coming from. So taking the most for the least. And consumerism has done a lot of things, a lot of good things. You know, it's created demand, it's created jobs, and it's done a lot of Things on a macro scale. We don't have to live like savages anymore because of something that is created by consumerism, because of capitalism, pretty much. But, you know, this has wrecked havoc on the individual level and between families, persons, friends, and communities. So consumerism does have a very dark side, but it's not without its good sides as well. So I have a friend and, you know, he's a great, he's a great guy. And this is no slam on him, but it's actually pretty funny. So this friend bought a house and I was at his housewarming party for about, about three, four years ago. Okay. So he and his fiance bought this house and it it was a massive house. All right. It was a massive house in an upscale area. I'm talking three car garage, five, five bedrooms, massive basement, everything, And I imagine they're just going to fill it up with kids pretty soon. But I went to the house three years later, not not even three years. And he asked me to get something from the garage. Just go and get, uh, I think you told me to go get uh, some water or told me to get something. I can't even remember because I was so shell-shocked of what happened next. So I went into the garage, turned on the light, and then I, I looked around. I was like, what the fuck is this like there was junk everywhere stuff in boxes stuff half unpacked stuff shit on the floor and it was just like it was an entire room of just stuff and then you couldn't even park a car in there and it was the garage and it was only two of them two people so imagine what that place will look like with a fleet of kids who have a whole bunch of stuff they have, like sports, school supplies, toys, all that stuff. I can I can only imagine. And that's why, 
you know, American households are big to just fill up, be filled up with all this stuff. And this is the default in Western society. This is the default. So we live in a society where people buy things with money they don't have to impress people they don't like. And my friend, like I said, he's a great guy, but it's just unfortunate because he's just a product of of the system because he's been socialized like we all have to by default just consume and not even think twice about it so you know the um, the american economy is pretty good it's it's really good right now like it's it's really it's really it's really damn good um it's the best it's been in years but you know however Americans are at record levels of debt, and there's many reasons for that, but in general, financial freedom is pretty much the exception, and debt is the rule. So as of right now, U.S. credit cards are at like, I think, $1.3 as of like January 2019, I believe that was the latest that I read. 1.3 trillion. You know, let that let that sink in. Like that's that's a lot of that's a lot of money. And you know, a lot of people use credit cards for food, gas, shelter, all that stuff, but let's be honest, many many people do not. Many people use them to buy useless toys and trash that they won't even remember from a year from now. Like think about the last time you bought something and you don't you barely even use it and you multiply that over the scale of a million people. Like that's a massive amount of of waste. So like I said, you're buying a massive home with a massive mortgage just to impress other people and store all this massive amount of stuff. Like that's crazy. And this consumerism is propelled even further through social media and social media influencers who promote product after product, hoping you can click and buy so that they can get a commission. You know, week after week, day after day, hour after hour, ads of all kinds are shoved in your face telling you to buy, buy, buy and spend, spend, spend. I think the average American is exposed to at least... I believe, at least a thousand ads a day. That includes TV, internet, newspaper, magazine, whatever. The average American is just being flooded in all these messages telling you to buy and spend your money. So even though we are the wealthiest, you know, most prosperous and most peaceful society there's ever been, like there hasn't been a world war in close to... In over, in over 80 years, there hasn't been a world war. And now, you know, people are more depressed and anxious than ever. You know, rates of anxiety and depression are just skyrocketing through the roof. So, of course, people are going to buy and spend, buy and spend to help them alleviate some of this. You know, the problem is it doesn't work. So think of this consumerism mindset, consumerist mindset as something that extends to everything and you know the consequences are far-reaching so i see this consumerism mindset as something that treats things people and even life as disposable you can 
see it in the way we treat the environment, the way we treat other people, you know, look at something like Black Friday, and the way we treat ourselves. And as I said before, credit card debt is skyrocketing out of control. People's mental health is declining. And in addition to that, the obesity epidemic, despite education, access to nutrition, all of that stuff, is also rising. Like, that's crazy. Like, people are becoming fatter, even though there's been a huge public health campaign to millions and millions and millions of dollars to prevent this. So I view these all as an outcropping with our excessive preoccupation with uh, consumerism and commodification of things and even moral values. So under the commodification mindset, everything becomes a product. Experiences becomes a product. So something like travel gets commodified. You travel to exotic locations just to have somewhere to post on Instagram. Your workplace, your line of work becomes a product, something you can post on LinkedIn or Facebook. You commodify an experience like sex. So instead of it being an experience with uh, with another person, you view it pretty much as a means to an end. So you're pretty much just masturbating with someone else's body. And something like prostitution becomes acceptable in your eyes. Um, So then because you believe in this consumerist mindset of just devouring everything, you then develop this uh, fear of missing out type of neuroticism where you want to just consume all the experiences you can. But because of limitation, you simply cannot do everything. Your attention is scattered, so you can't fully savor it. That's one, when you try and do everything. And two, you simply just can't be everywhere at once. And I feel the end result of this is just gluttony, which is considered a moral sin in a lot of cultures and religions because it pretty much turns you inward, being focused on your own pleasures and pretty much the satiation of those pleasures instead of being a productive member of society. And you, in essence, become a liability instead of an asset. So you become a burden to other people. So something like religion nonwithstanding, I think C.S. Lewis, his screw tape letters is one of the greatest pieces of fiction ever written because it just has so many lessons. And, you know, it's a work of Christian fiction, but even if you're not religious, I'm, I'm not, I still think of it as a good example of what can happen to you when you get steered off of a way of just goodness. And I've written about screw tape litters in relation to something like instant gratification. But in relation to this subject, he has something interesting to say. Um, he describes hell as a place of, of endless noise. Like, it's a confusing place. It's a cluttered place. And, you know, of course, it's a chaotic place. And I personally think many people are submerged deeper into their private hells by being consumerist because, like I said, it turned you inward. And they're ensnared deeper into this quote-unquote illusion called quote-unquote maya by, I believe it's the Hindus. And maya is just the illusion of reality that you are just a body. And, you know, when you get sucked into this 
quote unquote Maya, you can't appreciate space or depth or nuance because all you're focused on is just consuming at whatever means possible. So another consequence of consumerism is massive risk and the chance of massive, massive downside. So this point, I've already touched on it before in another recording, but I won't get too deep into it, but I think it bears repeating in some essence. And you know, in our world, money is the medium of exchange through, you know, which we gain ownership of goods or services. And ownership comes in the form of possession and property in the Western world or most places in the world. We spend our money to gain access to something. You spend money to gain access to food. You spend money to gain access to clothing. You spend money to gain access to different material items you need to survive, shelter. Following this logic, you can pretty much determine who has the ownership of something by seeing where the money flows consistently on a month-to-month basis. Not a Mm one-time transaction, but a month-to-month basis because a one-time transaction is you having it in your possession and your ownership. But many people think that possession is ownership. It's not. Uh, Just because a lot of people think possession equals ownership, they use money they don't have on a consistent basis to possess something, so to gain possession. And this takes on the form of ding, 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 debt. So by its nature, debt carries massive risk. You know, you still have to pay minimum payments. It gathers interest. The object in question isn't yours. You know, it's the banks. It's actually the banks. Like, You fall behind on your car payment, you can pretty much get it repossessed by the bank because it's not your car, it's their car. You fall behind on your uh, credit card or student loan payments, your credit score will go down because you aren't paying them their money that you use to buy a product or buy something or gain access to a service. You fall behind on your mortgage payment and it goes into foreclosure and you don't pay your rent, you get kicked out. So all this Confusion of possession versus ownership is why a lot of people just think that they are better off than they actually are. Because it's a good illusion to keep up that, you know, you're actually living a better life than what you are. But in essence, in actuality, all you're doing is living high. So what happens if you lose your job tomorrow? Um, You still have to pay your bills and Let's say you have a lot of debt. You have massive amounts of money flowing consistently to other people. So that's taking a chunk out of your savings, which are decreasing by the day. Because you have to buy food, you have to buy gas to put in your car, or you have to buy transit if you take public transportation. And you just have to, in general, live. And not only that, but you have bills that are going outward. So now, because of your massive... Uh, overhead, you have to scramble to find a job that you may not like, and that may even pay less than your previous job. So who even knows when you'll even find this job, maybe a month, three months, you know, a year. Uh, So someone who lives a more simple life and doesn't owe anyone any money is able to extend their runway by a sufficient portion of time, you know, or hell, they may even start their own business because they have the extra time to spend to that's needed to get a business up to speed and just being able to withstand the financial haircut 
that is there when you're starting a business full time. When your eyeballs deep in debt, you know, you have less room to do that. I'm not saying buying things with credit or financing is bad, and I understand that you need rent, utilities, etc., etc., but I want you to think about the ratio of possession to ownership, and you'll see that things are not as in your favor as they seem. So the solution to this is, of course, a more minimalist lifestyle that rejects this consumerism mindset and tips the scale in your balance. So as I said before, minimalism is a mindset and it is a utilitarian form of living that is pretty much designed to shorten the space between you and your first order objectives. And minimalism can be seen as a proxy of productivity. A lot of people want more time to do things, but they spend their time on junk activity and junk things that offer no return on their value. And this is very similar to the discussion I had on monk mode a few weeks ago, and minimalism is part of that. So a good, another good word to think of minimalism is thinking essentialism. You essentially want a sharp and defined bucket of tools that you can pretty much call upon at any given time in any given situation. And this is a craftsmanship mindset. You know, someone who's doing coming to do a repair on your kitchen doesn't bring his entire set of tools. He doesn't bring the entire damn tool toolbox. He only brings what's going to get the job done because anything less, anything more than that is unessential. So how do you start with minimalism? Well, first, I believe you need to clarify what is important to you. What do you spend most of your time on? You know, what would you like to spend most of your time on? If you're spending a lot of time on things that are important to you, then that's great. If you're not, then you need to clear out and cut down on a lot of things that are not bringing you value. Right now, you are spending a disproportionate amount of time and a result attention on things that are barely serving to you. What are they? You know, what what are those activities? Certain activities you need to decrease, certain thoughts you need to start stop entertaining. Uh, certain relationships you need to cut down on. You need this to be clear. Um, as an aside, on the subject of relationships, there was this one person I knew in college. I used to hang out with him pretty much relatively frequently, especially after college. But then every time I went over, he just wanted to quote unquote chill, which meant sit in the apartment, drink, smoke weed, and watch TV. Like, that is. That is that is fucking boring. Like every time I suggested, let's go out, let's go out, let's go out. He was like, you know, nah. I mean, <laughs> if you want to drink, smoke and watch TV, then go ahead. You know, that's your form of minimalism. But it wasn't consistent with my form of minimalism. So naturally, we just fell apart and we went our separate ways. You know, don't be drastically, don't be afraid to drastically uh, decrease your time on things and activities that don't serve you, especially if they don't align with your deeper values. Secondly, you need to um, question the deeper meaning behind every large action you take. You know, in the realm of money, before you buy anything, ask yourself, do I really need this? My life be, you know, some random metric better if I buy this, you know, in some cases, not really, but in some cases it might in the realm of actually doing certain activities, ask yourself, 
if you're using this thing as a crutch or if you're using it as a life enhancing thing, chances are, and the chances are very overwhelming, that you're using it as some sort of crutch. So excessive drinking, smoking, doing drugs, endless hookups, constant spending, all these things you're using as a substitute for deeper issues, which are growing. Those issues are growing. And then they get to the point where you simply can't, you simply can't handle them and you just, you just, you just collapse. So make sure you look at the thought behind the thought of whatever you're spending your time and specifically your money on. So third, uh, create boundaries. Like minimalism is defined more by what you don't do versus by what you do do. Like that is the superpower in the 21st century, knowing what to pay attention to and what not to pay attention to. So most importantly, what will you not do? Your boundaries have to be more strict, more Spartan than someone else who does not have these boundaries. A diet is defined by what you don't eat versus what you do. So a vegetarian or a vegan isn't some, someone who only eats fruits or vegetables. They're someone who doesn't eat meat, period. Like that is their boundary. Like if you eat meat, you're just simply not a vegetarian. So someone who's paleo, on the other hand, is defined by someone who doesn't eat a large majority of carbs and processed carbs. So if you eat processed carbs, you simply aren't paleo. And these diets are defined by boundaries, and boundaries in your life help to create clarity, which makes your final destination more visible. Uh, Fourth, think about your end game. You know, it's very hard to get excited about the trip if you don't know the destination. Your goals will clarify the actions that you need to do every day to get somewhere. Once you reach your goal, uh, just go ahead and set another. We're goal-seeking organisms, and we always need some sort of goal to go after. Uh, Fifth, like I said before, think of yourself as a craftsman. You're using a select package of tools and what you need to do in life and in work. Think about it. Do you, do you really need two cars? Do you need, really need 50 fucking pairs of shirts? Do you need two laptops? Like, you see where I'm going with this. This is, it's, it's absolutely absurd. It's absolutely, it's absolutely fucking absurd. So think about this and select your tools and what you need and think about them and select them wisely. So at the end of the day, minimalism is just defined as purposed, focused living. It is obviously focused, it is decisive, it is clear, and it cuts like a samurai sword cutting through a block of wood. So there's many people who just exist and they just float around through life, and that's why they end up living where they don't want to live, driving what they don't want to drive, working where they don't want to work, and wearing what they don't want to wear, as Jim Rohn would say. And this is all because they let the clutter in their life build up mentally and physically and obscured the everlasting light that shines from underneath and that always shines no matter who you are or what you do. So that's it for this one. And I hope you had some things to chew on and think about and think about implementing some form of minimalism in your life. I'm not saying you have to go out and be all out minimalist, but 
Think about what you can pare down and cut down on, and I guarantee your life will be all the better in the meantime. So that's it for this one, and I'll see you on the next one, and I hope you have a great day and take care.